Well, church, I'm fired up this morning, not only because they sang one of the best songs in the world, two of the best songs, I think, His Mercy is More and I Got Saved. And there's a lot to be excited about when we get to talking about how old, wretched, nasty, dirty Austin one day decided to kneel at the cross of Jesus in spite of his sin, in spite of his shame, in spite of everything that he had been a part of in his life, Jesus still decided to grab him up and raise him up a new man with a new name and with new life and with new power and somebody. Y'all ain't gonna be able to handle me today. I don't know. I don't know about it today. Um, I didn't get off to preach last week. Praise God because uh, one of my good friends came and preached, and that was a heck of a party we had here last Sunday. Amen. Amen. And so I'm, I've built up a little bit of a, uh, a. Uh, I mean, I have some reserves for you today. We won't go. As long as he went last week, he kept us an extra service. He kept us an extra service. I told him afterwards, I said, man, they're going to think I'm short next week. They're going to think I didn't bring nothing. They didn't bring no good fresh food from the Word of God for them. But I promise you, this is good food, and I think you guys are good soil. And I think God's going to do something crazy today, y'all. If you got your Bible, turn to Psalms chapter 23. Psalms chapter 23. Anybody excited to be at Overcome Church this morning? Please, we will overcome. Not we might. Not that it's possible, but that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony. God is too good not to praise His name this morning. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 6, The Lord is my shepherd. Help me, y'all. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right path for His name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hold on, let's read that one more time. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Somebody say amen. Amen. Today I want to preach the subject at the table. I want to preach today um, about being at the Lord's table. Being at the table of the Lord. Um, and this idea, this thought came to me a while back. I never really preached it since, but for some reason, this week was the appropriate week. So I don't know who you are in here that needs to know what we're going to talk about this morning. But somebody in here, this is for you. I want to talk about at the table. The Bible says there, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So three things I want to give you about the table of the Lord, both here and the one to come in heaven. Number one, the table of the Lord, at the table of the Lord, it is written. And you say also, what is written? My name is written. My name is written in heaven. My name is written down in heaven and I have an invitation to be seated at the table of Christ. Now what a bold statement. There's a two-part explanation 
There's a sin problem and a Savior solution. I want to let you in on those things. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says this. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means everyone in this room right now is guilty of sin. Whether you like it or not, you are stamped sinner because of your, uh, your heritage. That's your heritage. You get to be a sinner. How proud. <laughs> We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You say, Austin, I'm a good person. There are none righteous. No, not one. That's right. The Bible says. <clears throat> the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians, and bear with me here, this is the tough stuff to chew. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-11, through 11, the Bible says, Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? It says, do not be deceived, no sexually, sexually immoral uh, people, idolaters, adulterers, males who uh, do things with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. That just about tears every one of us out of the pages there. But then he goes on to say, and some of you used to be like that. But you were washed, and you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And so what we see here is a sin problem, but, somebody say, but, a Savior solution. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, 13 and 14, and when you were dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him and forgave us all our trespasses. He erased the certificate of death with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. And so today you can praise God that Jesus has nailed our sin to the cross. Though all of us probably fall under one of the categories that said you won't get into heaven. You won't be getting there. You won't go there. You're undeserving of that place. Praise God today. He is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes into the Father but by me. Praise God for the big Butts in the Bible. Somebody say, praise God. <laughs> hey, praise God for the big butts in the Bible because Austin was a filthy, wretched sinner. But Jesus. Austin didn't deserve no seat at the table of the Lord. But Jesus. Amen. And I feel like there's some folks in here this morning that feel the same way. That's right. There might be some folks in here that didn't know there was a but Jesus. There may be some folks in here that need to hear that there's a but Jesus. Amen. Somebody in here whose heart pounded straight out their chest when they figured out, wait a second, I don't get to go. But Jesus. Y'all, y'all gonna have to bear with me. The result of the Savior's solution is that our name can be recorded in heaven, declaring us a spot at the table of the Lord. So let me give you a little context regarding um, our names being written down in heaven. And what I'm about to read to you, this is the Apostle John speaking as he sees what God is revealing to him uh, regarding these things on the Isle of Patmos um, as he's writing the book of Revelation. John says, then I saw a great white throne, one seated on it. It's Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. I saw a great white throne and one seated on it. Earth and heaven fled from its presence. 
and no one, uh, uh, and no place was found for them. I also saw the dead, the great and the small, the rich and the poor, the skinny and the fat, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by what was written in the books. And then the sea gave up their dead that were in it. And the death and Hades gave up their dead that were in them. And each one was judged according to their works. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. The lake of fire. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into that judgment. But then Jesus makes a statement later, um, or actually previously, before this, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 20. And I know this is heavy stuff. Bear with me. We're weight training today, y'all. Jesus makes this statement about names that are written in heaven. He sent his disciples out. Anybody a follower of Jesus in this place? He sent them Amen. out to shake the city, right? And what happened is the 72 returns in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He said to them, I watch Satan fall from heaven like light. Look, I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing at all will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice, he's saying, what's greater than the fact that Satan can't touch you? What's greater than the fact that Satan cannot manipulate the work that I've placed in you right now? He says, rejoice. That your names are written in heaven. Amen. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so I'm going to round all this hard stuff up. And we're going to put it into one way. We're going to lift it at one time. You ready? The joy that I now have in the Lord, which is my strength. How many of y'all know that the joy of the Lord is my strength? Is your strength. The joy that I have in the Lord, which is my strength, is not that I've been given the ability to thrive against the wiles of the enemy. But that in spite of my sin, in spite of what I've done, in spite of my shame, my name will be written in heaven because of what the Lord has done through Jesus on the cross for you and me. And you can give God some credit for that. God has made a way for you to find a place at the table with your name on it. And so, at the table, it is written that I have a seat. At the table, it is written for those of you that have given your life and, and placed your trust uh, in Jesus, it is written that we have a seat reserved for us by God, God's grace through our faith in Him at His table. Secondly, it's on Him. Somebody say, it's on Jesus. It's on, on Jesus. Jesus. Oh, y'all don't believe me. <laughs> Jesus paid my sin debt. Yes, Jesus paid the whole bill. You ever went to lunch with somebody and like you ordered what you wanted because you you know they're gonna pay for theirs, you're gonna pay yours, so you order extra. I do this all the time. I order extra because I like to eat. I like to you know if I'm gonna eat, I want to eat. And Sandra hates it because I, our bill goes up every time we go eat. She don't eat lunch with me because we pay too much if we go to eat uh, together. I say about too much, like we go to Mickey D's, I order 20 number one burgers instead of, uh, 20 dollar burgers instead of, not really, not really. But you ever go to lunch with somebody and you order what you want, right? And your bills, you know, you can take care of your bill, you don't expect anybody else to take care of your bill. But then they pay for the whole thing for you. 
y'all bless my heart when y'all buy my lunch like that. But tell me if you're going to do something like that because I don't want to order that much. <laughs> One, you're going to think that I'm a fatty. Number two, I'm not trying to make you pay all that for, for my food. But praise God that Jesus paid the bill. Amen. It's one of those times where it's like, he paid that bill. Like, anyway. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, Amen. not from works, so that no one can boast. How many of you know that there's nothing you or I could have ever done to earn or buy a spot at the table of the Lord? It is the free gift of God, unless you should boast. God uh, has given you a seat at his table that you don't deserve. But it's by grace, through faith, that we are saved. And so at the table of the Lord, our bill is covered. And that's something to rejoice in, amen? Because you didn't do anything to earn this spot. Like, you can't buy your way there. You can't do enough good things to get there. You can't just be a good guy and wind up at the table of the Lord. But praise be to God that you can give your life to the Lord. And for whatever reason, in spite of our uh, nastiness, in spite of who we are, in spite of what we said, done, or even thought, even this morning before you got here, in spite of the time you yelled at your kids on the way to church this morning, in spite of the time that you said what you said to your wife or husband on your way to church this morning, in spite of all that, he has made a way for you. How many of y'all ever, uh, how many of y'all ever heard that God's more concerned with your power, more concerned with your future than he is your past? He's already done enough to take care of the bill of your past. He's already done enough to take care of what you're doing and what, you're go what you've gone through in your past. He's more concerned about your future. He's more concerned about the motion he can set you in. He's more concerned about the path he can set you on. Am I over there preaching back to myself? <laughs> the Bible says, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, I can't get over it, y'all. You've been saved by grace through faith, yes. and it's not from yourselves. Amen. In other words, if I didn't do anything, and this is the good part, y'all, and y'all might shout, I don't know, but if I didn't do anything to save myself, I can't do anything to take it away. Amen. Amen. And some of y'all in here are feeling so defeated because you've given your life to the Lord, but you messed up too. And so have I. But you want to know something? If I didn't do anything to save myself, if I couldn't be my own Jesus on the cross, nothing I can do to take that away from me. My name is written in heaven. And Jesus paid for it. Not me. And there ain't nothing I can do about it. My third and final point is this. My name is written in pleasure. And it's on Jesus. And it is finished. Amen. During the final moments on the cross, Jesus, in his final uh, breaths, of sacrifice musters up the strength to declare one more time, one more thing of your life and mine. It is finished. He had sealed the payment. It was sent off to be collected by who uh, required it. And Jesus had paid the price for your sin and mine on the cross. And there's nothing that can take what the Lord has done for you and I away. You say, Austin, sometimes I feel like it is, though. Sometimes I feel like that's what he does. I feel like I'm too far gone. Some of y'all in here, it's like, man, you don't know what I've been a part of. You don't know what I was talking like last night. You don't know what I said or done or been through. You don't know where I ate in the last, the last night in the uh, 
of the amount my bill racked up because of the drinks, not the food. You don't know how I've been. You don't know how I've lived here lately. And I'm here to tell you that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, which is in Jesus. The Bible says here, and I'm going to prove it to you. Because some of y'all in here are defeated, feeling like you can't come up here and respond to the message today because you're too far gone. And you're just sitting here because somebody said, hey, come to church with me today. But I want to let you know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers. Listen to what he lists here. Nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. Paul just rounds it up. He's like, matter of fact, I'm not even going to list everything. We're just going to round it up here. Nothing in creation, come on somebody, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I'll... I need some big guys to help me out this morning, y'all. And I've kind of talked to a couple of them. So if you would, I need some big guys. Y'all come up here and y'all help me out. We're gonna, I'm going to show you something. What I want you to do. Y'all go over there and grab that table and chairs. I'm going to show you something. We're going to put this table right here on the edge, though, y'all. Okay? The table ain't heavy. Don't worry. They're okay. Watch that step. Dead center. Put the legs right on the edge. Then we need a chair on each side and two in the in the back there. I want to show you this, y'all. Listen to what he says. I'm going to set this right here because I may need it in half a second. Listen to what he says. I've been persuaded that neither death nor life, and y'all just stand right there, big guys. Y'all get right here behind there. I ain't going to ask you to stand far as sit, but y'all just stand uh, and, and come in a little bit on this table. Now, the Bible says, Paul says, I've been persuaded that neither death nor life, nor principalities or powers, nor things above nor things below, nor matter of fact, just anything in all creation. Y'all up there worshiping with us up there in the balcony, praise God. Listen, I've been persuaded. Now that word means something to me because it takes a little, uh, it takes an experience to be persuaded. You don't just like, uh, you don't just like one day decide, oh, I've been persuaded or I'm persuaded. No, you have to go through something in order to figure out that that is possible. Like to be persuaded, there takes some uh, effort. It, it, it takes like some time. It's a process. Like you got to go through a process of believing before you can say like I've been persuaded. And something in me uh, wants to shout when I think about Paul and what he was when he was Saul. But yet he's been persuaded that even though he once was Saul, come on somebody, he's now Paul because of the love of Jesus. So he's been persuaded. He's been persuaded that nothing can separate you from the love of, of God through Christ Jesus. What Jesus has done on the cross makes people like Saul want to be like Paul. Amen. That's right. Amen. Been persuaded. I'm going to take my seat. Is that all right, Brandon? You're kind of intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> been persuaded. Somebody say, I've been persuaded. I've been persuaded. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My name is written at that table, which means I have this reserved spot. Jesus has already paid my bill, and nobody's going to take that away. Amen. And so that means 
Lord, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My name is written down. Jesus, you paid my debt, so it's free. And nobody's going to take that away from me. So that means that no matter what the enemy throws at me, no matter what they say, it doesn't matter what they do, it doesn't matter what they post on Facebook, it doesn't matter what surrounds me in my time. God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies so that my enemies can see that God takes care of what's his. Amen. And so God wants to see, he wants everyone around you to see that you're taken care of. He wants everyone around you to see that your marriage is being restored by him. He wants everyone around you to see that uh, you can drop that bad habit in Jesus' name. You can stop going to that place in Jesus' name. You can delete that website and never go back to it in Jesus' name. You can decide you're going to do better for your life. You can decide you're going to follow Jesus a little more closer and, and, and read his word and seek his face daily. God wants everyone around you to watch him change your life. For the good. And you can give God a hand clap of praise for that. Because you know. This is where I get fired up y'all. You know what. You think about every other religion in the world. Every religion in the world. You got to set the table. For your God. You got to set the table. For your God. But you know what I love about the truth of what we believe. Even though in every other religion in the world, you're required to set the table. The believer is required to set the table for their God. Praise God, only one God. The only God would set the table for you and me. Amen. And I don't know if you feel what I feel this morning, but praise God for his followers. He would set the table. That's why his name is Jehovah Jireh. You can say amen right there. He provides for his people. And so it's a setup. <laughs> He prepares a table before me in the presence of all these big folks. Y'all go to see this. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies because it's a setup and the enemy's backwards because he's upset. I'm going to tell y'all. He prepares a table before me and it's my enemy. So that everyone who stands against. God before us who can be against. Against yes. everyone who stands against. And look and see. That my God takes care of me. And it's not because of what I've done. But for whatever reason, in my sin, in my shame, in my doubt, in my fear, in my anxiety, and I can go down the list some more if you want me to, but I think we just got it covered. I'm going to do like Paul did and just say, as a matter of fact, everything in all of that wars against me internally, <clears throat> in spite of all that, my name can be written, and I have an invitation to sit at the table of the Lord. And what Christ has done for me. <coughs> I cannot pay for it. I cannot have enough good works. I can't even preach enough to be saved. But through Jesus and what he's done on the cross, my sin debt, which had left me uh, with a crimson stain, had been washed white as snow. Amen. Some of y'all ladies, 
it's going to turn into a chat. Some of y'all ladies know what I'm about to talk about. You get, I, I freak out. I had a, there was a, we were doing a funeral and I put on a white shirt uh, with a suit and everything. Don't, you know, don't get too used to no suit. Y'all see me up here, don't expect it for next week. No. Um, and I, I think I cut myself shaving or whatnot. I got blood on the white collar and I was like, oh, now what are we going to do? Because I know blood's hard to get out if you don't get blood out easily. But Sam was like, just stop, stop freaking out right now. Just take the shirt off and I'll fix it. Just hold on. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's not going to come out. So she takes it off and she fixes it. But I figured out later, you got to let the blood dry for it to actually cause any much of, uh, of a stain on some white cloth. But I look at this tablecloth and I think, and some of y'all ladies would think the same. If I poured red, uh, red dye all over this tablecloth here, yeah, I saw your eyes get big. Be a heck of a stain, and probably wouldn't clean very easily. You could bleach it, but it'd still tarnish the white and turn yellow or something like that. Probably some of y'all ladies know what it's like to try and take out a red stain from a white, a white cloth. And the Bible says that my sin is as a crimson stain. And I don't know if you know this or not, and this is science. Welcome to science class. You can take a ruby stone, you can take a lens made of ruby and look at a red stain on a white cloth and the white cloth is going to appear perfectly white. You won't see the red stain. I wish I had it to show you. You look through a red stain on a white cloth through a ruby lens, that white cloth will be as pure white as it could be. You won't see the red stain at all. I said all that to say this. Though my sin be as crimson stain. When Jehovah Jireh looks at Austin Kaiser through the ruby lens of Jesus Christ, praise God, because of Jesus, I appear as white as snow. Amen. He's just that good, y'all. I want to share just really quick. fact that everyone in this room is invited to this table. And I don't know if you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe you didn't know Jesus cared that much about you. But everyone is invited to this table that we talk about. The Bible says in Luke chapter 14 verse 15 through 24 it says this when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things. He said to him, Blessed is you who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Or in the kingdom of God. And he told him, the man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, come because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. And the first one said to him, bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. And another said, I bought five yoga boxes, and I'm going to try them out. You know, life. I got life in the way, Lord. I got, you know, my image. I got my framework. I got my, uh, I got my job. I got, you know, life in the way. 
I ask you to excuse me. And another said, I just got married and therefore I'm, un I'm unable to come. So the servant came back and reported these things to his master. And then in anger, the master of the house told his servant, go, go quickly into the streets and in the alleys of the city. Some of y'all the Bible say, highway in the byways. Go out quickly to the streets and the alleys of the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. Master, the servant said, what you have ordered us to do, or what you have ordered is done, and there's still room. And then the master told the servant, go out, here we are, into the highways and hedges, and make them come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, not one of those people who were invited will enjoy my life. There's a lot of people who are invited to the table daily. <clears throat> Only ones that will be at the table at the end of everything see the ones that wanted to come. And, uh, there were some specific people invited to this uh, table that Jesus spoke of that were poor, maimed, and blind, and lame. And then there were some folks from way out, you know, yonder ways, as y'all would say, out there in the highways and the hedges that came from far away. Come be at this table. Those were the party guests that he was delighted. Um, I want to make you know today. And I've heard it said like this: uh, Jesus says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." There's a phone ringing inside of the heart of everyone in this room. I just wonder if you'll pick that phone up and uh, and answer the call of Jesus. desires a relationship with you, cares about the sin that you're so much a part of today. He doesn't want to cast you away or <laughs> send you anywhere else other into the arms of Jesus. He cares about you. He wants to save you and hold you close and bring you into the fold, bring you into the family give you a specific spot. This one is mine. He wants to give you a specific spot at the table of the Lord where your name is written on the name of God. And when all is said and done, and when the great white throne of judgment we read about earlier today comes,
You take this opportunity and scoot out from where you are and you come up here and you pray and you give your life to the 